Hello, everyone. Hello. Anybody home? Yuki. been so long, we don't know how to podcast. Did I ever know how to podcast? Well, it's been about a year, I feel like, since our last episode where we ended the show by looking back on our almost 50 episodes so far. And since that time... We haven't watched a single episode. <laughs> we've forgotten all about Rapunzel. Who is she? I don't know. But we thought it might be a fun idea on the one-year anniversary to read a chapter of the book Rapunzel and the Lost Lagoon. So Disney published a series based on um, the Tangled TV show, and the stories go alongside the show so they don't retell the episodes that already happened. They're new stories, I believe. And so we've got the first book, Rapunzel and the Lost Lagoon. A magical adventure full of mystery and new friendships, says the back of the book. And it is a very lovely book, I have to say. It's a hardcover with a, just as Rapunzel would want it, a gorgeously hand-drawn and hand-painted illustration. And then on the inside, this very starry design, very purple. Mm -hmm. It's very pretty. The funny thing about this book, which I realized when I kind of looked over the first page, is that it's written in the first person by Rapunzel. I don't know how I'm going to feel about this. So I'm not sure if it's supposed to be her, her like, writing in her journal, or if it's just her narrating her life, but it was published in 2017. So yeah, it would have been early on in the show, and I believe this story is set during the first season when, um... Cass and Rapunzel are just meeting and they're still palling around Corona, so they haven't left. I think Varian is still around in this book, so we'll have to see about that. But we thought it would be fun to do a little read aloud of the first chapter, part one. Oh, and the book was written by Layla Howland. I should pronounce her name. Or Lila Howland, I guess. I've never heard of her, but I'm sure she's a brilliant author. Chapter one. Okay, so chapter one actually says Rapunzel below the number, so I'm not sure if the chapters are going to switch off narration. Oh, they are. Chapter two is Cassandra's point of view. And I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Ready as I'll ever be. All right, Pascal. If I can just get a little higher, I'll have the perfect view to paint, I said as I hooked my leg over the tree branch. If my hair were still 70 feet long, I'd use it to climb this tree, probably reaching the top branches in seconds. 70 feet long. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many like real world problems that come about when you think that her hair is really 70 feet long. A lot of back problems. Someone should make a funny, like, edited version of Rapunzel where she's just walking through town scene and then her hair is going over mud puddles and getting stepped on and getting run over by horses. Oh. <laughs> it probably caused some traffic jams. Probably. I feel like it has before. You know how, like, people are always finding hair in, like, food or in, in like, bathrooms and, like, oh, clean up after yourself. 
Well, all the citizens in Corona, they just find their princesses' hair everywhere. Like, in their house, they just find random strands of it. But her hair is magical, so does it fall out? If you can't cut it. When she ages, will it fall out or turn gray? Dun-dun-dun. Wait, will she ever age? Because doesn't she have the power of not aging? Because she has magical hair? Because her singing to her caused Gothel to stay young, so... Yeah, but she if she doesn't sing the rhyme... But if she sings it, could she live forever? No, because she wants to grow old with Eugene. Oh, she might. Eugene might make her, might ask her to make him young forever. (laughs) I could see him, see him doing that. He was always really into like his skin creams toward the last season. He mentioned his moisturizer. You're so vain. (laughs) But now I had to use my legs. I jumped up and caught a low branch, then pulled myself onto it. Slowly and steadily, I stood up. Pascal, my pet chameleon, who was perched on my shoulder and clinging to my neck for dear life, let out a small gasp. Can, can chameleons gasp? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Pascal. I've got you. And anyway, since when are you afraid of heights? I teased. Pascal groaned. After all, we'd spent nearly 18 years in a tower, but out of the corner of my eye, I could see his little grin. I balanced on the tree branch, reaching for a leafy bough above. As I stretched out, I felt myself wobble, and Pascal tightened his grasp. Whoa, I said with a laugh as I teetered for a second before grabbing hold of the branch, feet dangling. Pascal yelped. No, (laughs) So many chameleon sounds. (laughs) No way am I turning back now. I've waited all day for this moment. I truly had. I'd felt so out of place all day in my new role as princess, and I was hoping painting an inspiring view would be just what I needed. The castle guards my dad had instructed to follow me everywhere didn't help me feel any more at home. I pretended not to see them watching me as I pulled myself up. Wow, I said when I found the perfect perch. It's beautiful. The landscape unfurled in front of me like a dream come true. Distant mountains, rolling green hills, and a winding river that glinted in the sunlight. As I reached for my brushes and paint, Pascal tugged on my newly short hair. Oh no, I forgot my sketch pad? Pascal nodded. I'd been so focused on getting out in the fresh air and painting that I'd actually forgotten the paper. Pascal looked a bit relieved and pointed at the ground. Okay, fine, but we're coming back up here as soon as I get it. I carefully sat down on the branch and swung my legs over the side of the big limb. The first thing I saw when I looked down was my new shoes, the ones I'd kicked off as soon as I'd gotten outside. They were the most uncomfortable shoes ever. Within seconds, the bevy of guards rushed toward me, one with a ladder under his arm. I'm okay, I'm okay, I said. Really, I can get down on my own. Princess, we can't take any risks, a well-meaning guard said as he leaned the ladder against the tree. I wonder if the guard is Stu or the other one. Pete? Pete. Don't they, they basically only have two guards. He leaned the ladder against the tree. Two other guards secured it with a firm grip. Um, thanks for the option, but I was actually looking forward to jumping, I said with a smile. Before they could protest, I did it. Pascal shut his eyes tight as I leapt to the ground and landed, as always, on my strong bare feet. Ow. I've got beefy feet. (laughs) 
It was my first week in Corona, and I was still getting used to all the changes. Having so many wishes come true at once was exhilarating. I had parents now, actual parents who adored me and cared for me. Not to mention true love with Eugene. Oh, oh sweet, funny Eugene. Oh, and there was my new home, the stunning castle with its meringue-shaped turrets and lush gardens. And yet, something wasn't right. Something was missing. I was hoping painting would help me find whatever that was, or at least help me end the afternoon on a happy note. All day, Friedborg, my mom's lady-in-waiting, had been teaching me royal manners. Oh, Friedborg. How, how did that happen? I can't do that in the show, but I guess in the book, maybe she's not quite as crazy. I was going to say, I don't, does she even really talk in the show? No, she doesn't talk at all. That's, that's the joke. She's <laughs> like, um, you haven't seen Clarence really have you? But do you know Gilbin? No. Like, yeah. I was thinking of Gravity Falls, the, the gnome who, who just says Schmabulock. Well, she doesn't even say that. <laughs> Schmabulock. Mom had explained that Friedborg was helping me only until I had a lady-in-waiting of my own. I didn't think I needed one. Oh, so she hasn't even met Cass yet. Maybe this is a retelling. I don't think so, though. I don't remember Lagoon. Hmm. We shall see. Do you think that the author of this book was in touch with the show's writers and they told her Cassandra would be turning on Rapunzel? Or do you think she wrote this entirely without knowing what would happen in the future? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. I feel like she, to had to know, she had to know a little bit. Ricky and Chris. <laughs> Otherwise, she might put in a line like, Oh, we'll always be friends, Rapunzel. Dun, dun, dun. I didn't think I needed a lady-in-waiting. Up until now, I'd taught myself everything, including advanced astronomy. Oh, Rapunzel. But I was starting to realize that princesses have to do everything differently. Earlier, Friedborg had spent hours instructing me on how to sit down properly. And then we'd spent the rest of the day practicing how to open a door. I wanted to do my best, but I was struggling to even have a conversation with Friedborg, since she's not exactly a big talker. Wait, so she spent hours instructing her, but she's not a big talker? How did she instruct her? Just Shows her by example. She just stares at her until she gets it right. I guess so. So, I guess you're to show me how to sit? I asked with a tentative grin as she stood in front of me, pointing to a chair. She gave an abrupt nod. Then she shifted her skirts, moved her knees to one side, and dropped into the chair as though she had lost feeling in her legs. Like this? I asked, keeping my back extra stiff and lowering the bottom half of my body as if it were completely disconnected from my torso. She grunted and frowned, then signaled for me to rise. Um, okay, I sighed, wondering how sitting down could be such an art. Was I going to have to learn everything from scratch? Would tomorrow's lesson be about how to stand up? What about walking? It was overwhelming to think about everything I needed to know. I took a breath and tried to focus on the positive. Maybe Friedborg could be my friend if I just tried a little harder. I decided to start with the basics. So, which do you like better, vanilla or chocolate? She stared at me for a moment as though I just asked her something too personal, like what color her bloomers were. Oh gosh, I thought, I have so much to learn. I guessed that she wasn't up for small talk, so without any conversation at all, I practiced standing and sitting until my feet swelled in my shoes. Oh. Three hours and two blisters later, 
Not only had I learned how to sit down like a lady, but I also knew how to close a door without ever turning my back to my company and how to properly hold a teacup. Pascal snuck into the room toward the end of the day and just shook his head as if to say, manners are overrated. I had to agree. I landed on the ground in a low crouch, and when I stood up, I couldn't believe my eyes. I guess she's going back to the tree now. Mm -hmm. Eugene was there, presenting me with my sketch pad as though it were the most perfect rose. Eugene, you brought me my paper. How did you... I know you well, Eugene said with a smile. The paints and brushes were gone, and I thought, what do you bet my girl is missing this? Oh, Eugene. Aw, What thanks. a handy dandy. I said as he handed me the notebook. My shoulders dropped a half inch and warmth flooded my heart. I hugged him. For a split second, I wondered if I had done that properly. Leave room for Jesus, Rapunzel! <laughs> what if the king just popped up in the middle? Oh, oh, oh no. He's too busy with his egg collection. But then I remembered it was Eugene, the person I could truly be myself around. Eugene gave the guards a look and they backed off a bit. Do you notice anything different? He asked, turning in a slow circle and striking his handsome man pose. His handsome man pose. You know. Though he didn't need to posture. Eugene's warm brown eyes and mischievous smile are irresistible from any angle. She's, she really only met one man. Well. <laughs> there are many fish in the sea, Rapunzel. Hmm, I said, checking him over. Is it the new shirt? Nope, he said. Have those boots been polished? I asked. Well, yeah, but that's not what I was hoping you'd notice, he said. Did the barber give you another haircut? I asked. Eugene had had a royal grooming treatment every day since we arrived at the castle. Every day? What? Royal grooming? Did they cut his hair every day? Grows real fast, perhaps. Getting warmer, Eugene said, lighting up. Hmm, I said. He shaved? You if you're shave? talking about the swoop of your bangs being a little swoopier, then I don't think that really counts as a change. What do you mean it doesn't count? Eugene asked. The steeper swoop totally changes the shape of my face. Adds a touch of sophistication, don't you think? Does the word debonair come to mind? Eugene, you always look great. Now, how about if I race you to the top of that tree, I said, drawing a starting line in the dirt with my foot. I can't, Eugene said with a sigh. Why not, I asked, raising my eyebrow in a challenge. Afraid I'll beat you? Never, he winked. Actually, your dad really wants me to brush up on laws against criminals and the punishments <laughs> for breaking them. He says it's part of the, uh, formal education I may be lacking. Oh, man! <laughs> I'll give you a tour of the jails, Eugene, just in case you were interested. I know you've been in before, but... <laughs> There's been some improvements. Oh, I said, unable to hide my disappointment. I can't let your dad down, Eugene said. Having my face on wanted posters for the past few years still seems to bug him. You would think that bringing home the lost princess would absolve me of all that forever, but oh well. Sorry about that, I said. Sorry? For what? For giving me the chance to spend the rest of my life with you? Oh, mushy, my most mushy. favorite person in the whole world? For sharing this life of hot cuisine and endless spa treatments. For providing me with a suite in the castle. For offering me a future. <laughs> sugar mama. Ah, he's really laying it on thick. <laughs> for offering me a future as a prince seated next to my best friend, he said, lifting my chin. I'll study foreign fancies and diplomatic decorum and macro and microeconomics. 
even microscopic economics if I have to. <laughs> is that a thing? I don't think so, but my point is that I'll join a dishwashing club or participate in a meatloaf eating competition if that's what it takes to make your dad accept me. A meatloaf eating competition? <laughs> I couldn't be happier, Rapunzel. That's real weird. Good, I said, biting my lip. Now come over here, big boy. <laughs> oh my gosh. You want a boost? Eugene asked, nodding toward the tree. That's okay, I said, gently punching him in the arm. Buddy! <laughs> you know I love an adventure, no matter how small. See you at dinner, he said, grinning at me as he turned to go. I watched as Eugene walked back toward the castle. Why couldn't I be as happy as he was? We had everything anyone could ever want. Was there something wrong with me? It was almost like I didn't even know I was lonely when I was in the tower, but everything had changed now. I could feel the places inside me that had been empty for so many years and I wanted to fill them all up. I took a deep breath and resolved to enjoy myself. After all, it was a perfect afternoon and I was a girl with a pocket full of paint and a sketchbook full of paper. I decided to approach the guards and ask them for a moment of privacy. So I'm in a garden, one with a big wall around it. Do you think I could have just a half hour by myself? They shook their heads, but I noticed the beads of sweat dripping from their foreheads. Under all their armor, they must have been roasting. It's such a warm afternoon, I said, and that fountain in the main garden looks like the perfect place to take a little break. Maybe dip your feet in the cool water? I'm just going to be sitting in that tree, having a quiet moment of reflection. Do a little painting, you know? I bet a refreshing splash would feel really good. Are you sure you can't take just a little break? It would make me really happy to see you happy. One of them cracked a smile and then the others did too. Go on, I'll see you in just a little bit. And they left, giving me a precious few moments of privacy. Pascal rested in the shade below as I quickly made my way back to my perch. I was just about to pull out a brush when I saw her. There was a girl in a small hidden field. I craned my neck. She had some kind of sword or something, and it looked like she was fighting the air. Who, I wondered, was that? Chapter two, Cassandra. Cassandra. I don't know, the first chapter, I like it. I think it, she, the author does a good job of capturing the characters so far. And I, I always was a big fan of the storyline because right after the, the movie ended, everything's so happy. And so when the show begins, I like how everything is as it should be, but Rapunzel still feels like she has so much more to do and that's kind of the impetus for kicking off the whole show because she was in a tower her whole life and now she has to live a little. Even though she has everything and she couldn't settle down right away, she wants to live her life and figure out who she is. I'm, I'm interested to find out if Cassandra, like what she's all about, because she was, at the beginning of the show, she was a lot different, of course, than at the end, so I wonder how, how they'll capture her personality. Any second now, we shall find out. Chapter two, Cassandra. Right, tell your best Cassandra voice. <laughs> it wasn't easy to fence by myself. You might think otherwise because there aren't any stakes. I lunged and no one retreated. I struck the air and no one struck back. I couldn't lose, but I also couldn't win. <laughs> that took some of the fun out of it. And then there's all the imagining. I had to pretend there was another person there. I was not into playing imagination games. But how else was I supposed to practice until I was the best? 
or prove that it was my destiny, not only to be in the guard, but also to one day succeed my father as the captain. Oh, you're going to be waiting you in the wings for a took while. that away from you, babe. I was opposed to be doing needlework with the other ladies of the court. Nightmare. I'd rather shovel sheep dung than mend clothes and gossip. I found this hidden spot the week before using my maps of the ancient underground tunnel system. It was about a hundred paces behind one of the far gardens, close enough to the castle that I could go out there often, but remote enough that I didn't have to worry about anyone catching me shirking my duties. And how this crazy princess <laughs> climbs up a tree. Fencing helped me deal with all my frustration. My father was driving me crazy. I'm ready for the guard and you know it, I'd said the night before at dinner. Just give me a chance to at least try out. No, he'd said. On the winter solstice, you said you'd consider it, I pointed out, my mouth full of mutton stew. Mmm, mutton. Mind your manners, he said, taking another sip from his chalice. Mm. And anyway, that was then and this is now. Everything has changed. Because of her, I said. The return of the lost princess is the best thing that's happened to Corona. Oh, this is really setting up that she resents Rapunzel. <laughs> My father said. He raised an eyebrow. Surely you share the happiness of a moment, Cassandra. I would expect no less. He's, he's tougher. <laughs> I guess, I said, looking through the window and gazing out over the arena, where the latest recruits would begin their formal training the following day. I deserved to be one of them. A lot of entitlement you're dealing with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's been training for us her whole life. I bet half of them don't even know how to hold a sword. I thought as I watched the royal flags flutter in the wind. I resolved to keep training and working as hard as possible. As hard as I possibly could, so that soon it would be impossible for my father to deny me. I'm sorry to cut this conversation short, my father said. His chair scraped the floor as he stood up from the table. There's a strategy meeting in the Great Hall. That's right. Now the princess is back. The king wants us to have her covered at all times. Strategy is never leave Rapunzel alone. <laughs> Awkward. What? I said. If someone chose to invade us right now, no one would even notice because the entire guard is following the girl around. <laughs> it was true. Ever since the princess had returned, the whole force was focused on Rapunzel's every move. Even if all she was doing was eating a cupcake or making a wish on dandelion fuzz. <laughs> Sounds like something she would do. <laughs> Did the king think that the nearby nations of Anti... Antipang? <laughs> Anti... Or even worse, Dionda wouldn't notice that our borders weren't being securely guarded? That our army was distracted to the point of uselessness because of a girl's sweet tooth and her penchant for glorified weeds. If there was ever a time to attack Corona, it was now. Just gonna tip off the enemies. Could the princess? The warrior women. Could the princess, who was no longer a little girl despite the way everyone was acting, really be so naive? Did she not get the danger she was putting the kingdom in? I opened my mouth to speak, but my father cut me off. Have you forgotten that the king took his eyes off her for a moment 18 years ago and she was taken? His voice was even, but the vein at his temple throbbed. She was a baby then, I said. Well, that girl is the princess of Corona, and you're going to have to meet her sometime. Not if I can help it, I thought. My father gave me a stern look and shut the door behind him. Now at my practice ground, I thumbed through the pages of my training manual. 
The book naturally opened to the page I've read the most, the one with the description of the winged beast, the warrior move that was guaranteed to get someone in the guard. The only problem was it required more than one person to pull off. Unlike fencing, it was totally impossible to do alone. I sighed and deci decided to try the shot put. Said try the shot put. Throwing the heavy sphere a great distance was one of the first requirements for joining the guard, and I was planning on setting a record. I lifted the shot, assumed position, and threw it as high and as long as I ever had. A voice cried. <laughs> I looked up and I saw someone in a tree. It's Feldspar. She scrambled down after the shot. Even though I was a hundred paces away, I felt in my bones that it was that girl. Rapunzel. Wait, did she hit her? <laughs> what? Um, I don't think it hit her. She scrambled well, down crazy. after the shot. Someone throwing spears in the air. A shot puts not a spear. Or a sphere. It's just, well, why would you have scream? I thought she was trying to hit her, maybe. I feel like it might have... I feel like it hit her. Bonk. Ah! She killed... Maybe it hit her she drawing She knocked the princess down. Cass is really not having it. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like that uh, that dynamic. I'm fan. I think it's a good book so far. I don't like the first person. Oh, you don't? That's weird. I think it's kind of interesting because it really takes you in the heads of Rapunzel and Cass. It really shows you the contrast between them. Hmm. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I was like, Gene, I mean, he's self-absorbed anyway, but wow, that was a little something. And he was like, my bangs, they're swoopier. <laughs> he's proud of them. Gotta show off those swoops. Now I have all these tangled songs floating around in my head. Oh, God. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this little bonus anniversary read aloud. Um... I don't know if we'll read more or not. This book is already overdue, so I need to return to the library really soon. But maybe if if um, I had fun, did you did you have fun? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, she's not sure if she had fun. I I had fun. But maybe if you guys like it, um, we'll Let us read know. the next chapter. Who knows? In a year, every year on the anniversary, we'll read one more chapter. Thanks for listening. This has been our special one-year anniversary episode of Corona Conversations. You can still review us on iTunes, should you care to. Bye for now, everyone. Remember to brush your hair and always follow your dreams. Royal decision-making. Hey, I was born to do it.